Welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. Today, we are turning our spotlight on a company that is quite timely, especially given everything going on in the world today, and that company is Basketful. Today, we are joined by Basketful's co-founders, Eugene Bird and Jim Lesh. Jim and Eugene, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. So you guys are both native to Minneapolis, right? Is that right? You guys both live in Minneapolis? We do. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, why don't we start there? Because we don't, you know, quite frankly, even though we're from Minneapolis, we only probably have talked to a handful of Minneapolis companies in the last year, last couple of years, I'd probably say two or three. So it's always fun to turn our spotlight on a Minnesota company. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your backgrounds uh, and then also tell us a little bit about basketball and what it does. Jim, you want to start? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in in, uh, Minnesota, Uh, got wife and two kids here. I was a liberal arts major, uh, taught myself to be a software engineer. <laughs> okay. Um, I uh, like, like climbing, I climbed with my daughter, just started getting into biking, uh, spent most of my career in CPG um, okay. and particularly in technology and connecting uh, the, at General Mills, connecting uh, sales teams and marketing teams to technology solutions. Awesome. Awesome. And Eugene, what about you? Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, we actually have some similarity, a little difference, I guess. So I'm a first generation uh, immigrant. uh, So I was born in the former Soviet Union. Really? Yeah. I moved to Wisconsin, actually, kind of serendipitously, uh, and then came to Minnesota for school. So I'm a big go for diehard. Who knows why? Because I like pain, I guess. That's good, though, that you, yeah. you were in Wisconsin and you came to the right side, Eugene. That's the most important. Yeah, there you go. There's, that's the way I look at yes. it. Yes. For more pain. Right, Eugene. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. For more pain. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, also spent kind of the majority of my career in CPG at General Mills. Jim and I okay. were there. Uh, worked in, you know, as a software engineer, product owner, uh, many different roles, kind of got the business bug somewhere along the way, uh, went to Carlson School, got an MBA, uh, and then um, and then that kind of brought us to Basketful, uh, okay. uh, you know, a few years later. Uh, so basically Basketful, you know, we were both at General Mills, uh, both uh, really loved the company, loved the people, but had a lot of conversations about all sorts of topics, but most of the time kind of ventured into, hey, you know, we love to build software, we love to build products. We both did that at General Mills, but there's a kind of a natural ceiling to how big you can go, you know, because hmm. you're, you're serving one company uh, and you can build great capabilities, but there's a limit to, you know, sort of how much you can invest behind a capability when it's all being, you know, kind of loaded onto one enterprise. And so we, we kept talking about, hey, there's an opportunity, you know, grocery commerce is coming. Uh, you know, there's an opportunity to do something bigger here and serve General Mills and many other CPGs and publishers um, and retailers. Uh, and so that's kind of, you know, we at, at some point we kind of talked each other into it and had a willing partner on the other side. And we're fortunate enough to be able to bootstrap it and make it work and just kind of took the plunge. That's and awesome. Crazy enough to give up comfortable jobs. Uh, <laughs> 
with with the future. <laughs> we we know that we know that and I know that well. What year was this? What what year are we talking about? How far back is this? Yeah, it was three years ago. So twenty seventeen. Yeah, summer of twenty seventeen. So. And I always like to do this because we don't we don't we actually and we don't get to do this enough to be honest. And I, maybe I need to make more of a point to do it. So where was that seminal moment where this happened? Where did it take place? Where three years ago you guys were like, yeah, all right, let's do this. Let's 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 roll the dice and let's make this happen. Jim, maybe you have a better memory than me. I might be romanticizing it. I don't know. You want to take a shot? Well, I do. I remember distinctly, Eugene, because I was very seriously thinking about um, the idea, but it was that you get, I really wanted to have a, a partner going into it. And I remember Eugene, though, bringing it up to me, like, would you ever think about doing this on our own? And then we went and met at uh, the Good Day Cafe, if you're familiar with oh, that. Oh, for sure. That Where played. so many startup conversations happen. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> and that that cemented it. Um, that one meeting cemented it, I think, for us. Nice, nice. It's like the Minnesota Hobies out in uh, Palo Alto. Um, <laughs> that, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so talk to us a little bit of that. Okay, so you had this meeting You over breakfast, it sounds like, or coffee. Um, what was the, what's the idea? So, you know, in, in its most seminal form, what is the idea of what basketball is and what it does? Whichever one of you guys wants to take that. Jim, you want to, you want to take a shot? Sure. Yeah. Um, so basketball exists to simplify grocery shopping for regular people. So that, that was our goal. Um, we saw the opportunity where you have in a world of digital content mm -hmm. where you have recipes that are marked up um, videos that are annotated articles that are annotated um, and you have people that you know 66 66 percent of people are still using paper and whiteboards to do grocery shopping um, there's a there's a huge opportunity to simplify the grocery shopping experience um, so we started off by simplifying recipes because the difficult part there is you have this loose content that's sort of written artistically mm -hmm. um, and you need to be able to connect this loose text to actual products you can buy. Sometimes you don't even know what that product is, who has it, is it available? Um, and we knew enough about, you know, I had worked in uh, product information management at General Mills and how messy the product information is all around the world it's it's hard for many or it's hard for cpg companies it's hard for the retailers um and we knew about how to integrate with lots of systems we've done that in our right. entire years eugene wrote the recipe system at at general mills that was used for like 15 years um so what we wanted to do is connect those two pieces so if we think about the process of discovery um, when people discover what they want to make process of planning and the process of in the in the process of buying we wanted to accelerate that experience from the discovery of getting inspired about something and making it real easy to move from discovery to buying that thing that you want to buy um, or that experience that you want to create. So what we did is build, build solutions that first of all sat on recipe platforms and sites that would automatically recognize the recipe and um, show you where you could buy the ingredients for that recipe. And now we're doing that at 50 plus retailers across the US. Uh, we then expanded into the ability to put basically take that experience, but not just recipes, really any arbitrary content that you might have, okay. and to be able to place that anywhere that you wanted to do that from paid media 
on social platforms on on Pinterest where we're a preferred shopping partner on Pinterest or on Instagram or on Facebook and to create a shoppable experience in all of those places with any type of content. So, so take us through that if, if you guys will. So let's, let's maybe use, I think the recipe is probably uh, an easy way for probably the people listening at home to wrap their heads around this. Um, and let's even use Pinterest as the platform to describe it. Um, so say I'm browsing on that, like how, how exactly does it work? So I see a recipe that I like, talk me through what happens next. Yeah, I mean, I can take you through that. So um, so typically on Pinterest today, we mainly do what's called promoted pins. So it's the it's it's where advertisers um, or publishers are promoting content. But what they'll do is they'll promote a pin. Let's say it has a recipe in it. You're uh, you're you're browsing, swiping through your feed. You see a recipe that appeals to you. You might you think, hey, I want to make this. Uh, you know, what's involved. So there's Especially a, right now. Yeah. <laughs> I need a lot of inspiration for that right yeah. now. <laughs> so you'll see, you know, some kind of call to action, usually a buy it button. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'll click the buy it button and that takes you into our experience. Um, and so what we'll do is we're hyper local. So we will, okay. groceries local. And this actually in a time like now, that's, that's for sure really, yeah, really important. But but we will show you, you know, hey, I'm in Minneapolis. I'm actually in a suburb of Minneapolis. Here's, you know, I have a Walmart, a Target, a Cub Foods, which is a local retailer here. Um, you know, maybe there's some other retailers. So we will show you, here's the retailers in your area. Um, and what we'll do is we'll, for each retailer, we'll take every ingredient and we'll map it to a product. Uh, and then, you know, we let you customize that. So if you if you see that and you're, you get the flower and you're like, hey, uh, well, I can't find gold metal flower because it's all out, but here's some other flower that's available. You know, okay, let me, let me see. Maybe I like something else. Uh, so you can customize it, but then at the end of the day, you can either take that with you in store. Mm-hmm. So we, we have capabilities to let you, you know, save it to yourself if you're going to go shop in person um, or you can check out online. So you can, you can actually add it to your cart online. We don't do the checkout. We will move it to your cart at Walmart, at Target, at Instacart, you know, wherever. Um, and then you can go ahead and check out with them. So they're still, in all cases, the retailers doing the fulfillment. We are not mm-hmm. in the logistic game. Um, but we help consumers, you know, take that inspiration and turn it into a reality much faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what's really interesting. That's what caught my eye with you guys too. Is it in a lot of, and I want to get to some of the minutia of that even more so. But you're kind of agnostic to what retailer fulfills that recipe. That I think you know, as Jim you said, is the is the point of inspiration or that point of discovery, which I think is really, which is really compelling in a lot of ways. How are you making that happen mechanically? So are you are you working primarily with the brands and they bring those relationships along with them? Are you having to connect with the retailers too, especially being tech guys? Eugene, maybe if you keep going on that for a little bit, like how does that all, how does that all work? Yeah. I mean, so we kind of, we, it's a little bit of two sided, right? So we have to kind of do work on both sides. So we will integrate with retailers or bring them onto our platform, which is pretty involved, right? We have to know what's at your actual store. Okay. Uh, So, you know, you're shopping at Walmart in Eden Prairie, suburb of Minneapolis. Uh, you know, what's in yeah. that store? What's in that store right now? Uh, might be very different than what was in that store a month ago uh, or what's in a store in Palo Alto, right? Um, so, so we have to know that. Uh, we obviously have to know what's the content. So what are the ingredients or other inspiration content? Um, and then we have algorithms. So we have 
Uh, we call it our food engine, uh, but it's a series of algorithms, natural language processing, um, other things that are built to basically take the one and map it to the other. And because you guys are working with the brands, right, I imagine that's unique in the selling point too, in the sense of there's probably a little more control over the content they can have in terms of what gets, say, substituted or what gets recommended in different situations where if you're just working through through the retail like talk about that so like now is probably a great time where yeah. you know i'm looking for a recipe and i don't know it it wants me to use, i'm trying to think of something off the top of my head but it wants me to use, i'm gonna make barbecue chicken and i want to use a specific type of barbecue sauce um and that's not there like what happens and how are you guys controlling that experience for the brand yeah that's a great question so we um we have a lot of tooling in place to because you know because we're dealing with ten thousand stores everybody's different. Uh, we have a lot of tooling in place to kind of say, hey, if it's barbecue sauce, you know, if it's uh, Casey's masterpiece or something that's promoting that recipe, um, we will show that barbecue sauce uh, if it's available. But if it's not available and we can't find that brand at all, um, we typically fall back to like a private label. Uh, and brands, like what we do is we do a lot of education with brands on Hey, first and foremost, you're trying to please your consumer, right? And you're trying to make, like your consumer found something they like, they want to make it. Uh, like you need to enable that. If it involves your brand, of course you want it to involve your brand. Otherwise, why are you doing it? But look, if your brand's not available, either because they're shopping at Aldi or, you know, because of some other reason, like the current situation, you still want them to succeed because they're still going to remember right? You and who actually helped them. So. Yeah. And that's not a time to get them in another brand. Jim, did you want to add anything? Yeah, they will send, we built it out so that you can go anywhere from really generic. Like I don't care what kind of barbecue sauce you use, or if you're a brand and you're running an ad, you can really tightly curate it down to only these three SKUs. These okay. are the three SKUs and no others. Yeah. If you really it may not even show the read most likely won't won't show the retailer if they don't carry your brand. Got it. Makes sense. So there may be sense. seven retailers there, and you show five. Mm -hmm. That that makes sense, and that's very different than say, like, kind of typically how some of those other type services or delivery services work too. That's that I think that's interesting. That's compelling. How did you guys do this? Like talking to the brands and the retailers and getting all of that at the same time, and you said you have over fifty retailers that are integrated with this. Talk us through that process because that sure as hell doesn't sound easy but it sounds like you probably know a lot in terms of how to get it done. I mean, so we both had engineering backgrounds, right? Okay. And have done things, you know, along, along this path. So that certainly helped. Um, it is definitely a heavy lift. Uh, you know, some of these, some of these retailers have APIs or over the last three years have rolled out some mm. APIs. Um, some of them don't. Uh, and so we kind of had to use, you know, public APIs that they use to power their platforms um, and use some of that. Uh, so we kind of had to stitch it together in a variety of ways. Um, working with brands is definitely easier, right? Because we actually have, you know, I mean, they're coming to us mm -hmm. usually uh, to, you know, build these shoppable landing pages or enable their websites or their social media or things like that so it's a little bit easier in that you know we can we can make we can make a few more asks of them than we probably could a retailer you know right right and does it does working with the brands help you on the retailer side too if you ever need further points of integration or things like that 
Yeah, I mean, it can definitely, I think it helps at times, you know, having, it's, it's like anything else in business, right? When you're trying to build something that's kind of two-sided, right? Having, uh, having more people you can show on one side helps the other side see the light and vice versa. Right. right. So, Creatures of habit. 100%. Yeah, it's, kinda, it's like a chicken and an egg problem, right? Like, uh, you know, at first brands were like, hey, if you don't have Walmart and you don't have Kroger, you know, I, you know, this isn't enough for me. Right. Um, at the same rate, a retailer might be like, I'm not going to do work to, you know, do anything for you unless you're bringing a bunch of business my way. So mm-hmm. you know, how many brands, how many publishers are using your technology? So it's kind of a, you know, you kind of have to build it sort of one step at a time and kind of layer I think, up. I think it really helped that we were, I mean, we had worked in a large Fortune 250 company for a long time. We were familiar with um, organizational structures, a CPG company, <laughs> retailers. We were, we were eyes wide open around the state of product data um, for retailers, for CPG companies. We knew a lot of the dark corners and you know, matching a lot of people look at, and we talked to people actually that said, yeah, we looked at trying to build a matching algorithms to match recipes to products. And, and we were like, we can do this. And they tried it and they're like, no way. We're right. not going to go down that road. It's ridiculously full of dark corners and alleys and um, super, super hard. So we, but we went in eyes wide open. I think it helped us a lot because we anticipated you know, the, for example, the amount of time that it's probably going to take to sign a contract, um, the sort of uh, questions like enterprise type questions and security questions, data governance questions, policies and things like that, that we could go in that we were ready for right off the bat. So yeah, that helped a lot. We spent, uh, you know, a better part of 10 years on the other side asking the same questions. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. I think, I, think the, I think the point you guys are making there too, and especially Jim and Ann and I from knowing having worked at Target too, just knowing the hierarchy and just how long things can take gives you a, just a more reasonable assessment of the type of work that needs to be done and where you're really running into walls and maybe where you're actually doing still pretty well, even though it feels slow, right? Yep. See the shaking of heads for sure. Well, what's next for you guys? Like what, what is, what, what's, and, and I know things are a little crazy right now. What, what did 2020 hold in store for you in terms of further developing the product, uh, maybe pre virus and, and whereas maybe things now, or are they the same? Like, uh, you know, how are you guys assessing that Jim? Yeah, I think, I mean, like everyone else, I think our number one priority is that everybody's healthy and safe, um, in the, in the company. Um, I think we're also we're we're not as a nearly as affected as as many companies are those um, having being online being involved in grocery people are buying actually more groceries there are more people buying um, there are more people downloading uh, grocery apps uh, and more people shopping online for for safety reasons we're not as affected and one thing that we're doing is um, we're we're from a not necessarily from a business perspective, but we're advocating for the expansion of Snap and WIC to be able to be used online mm-hmm. for groceries. It's it's not available. It's only mm-hmm. in a pilot right now. 
And, what is uh, that? Explain for those maybe unfamiliar, what, it, what are both of those? SNAP is a supplemental nutrition assistance program. Government assist used to be known as food stamps. Mm-hmm. Um, and WIC is women, infant, and children, and it assists uh, that, that demographic for buying food. That's one in nine Americans um, are, they receive SNAP or WIC. Um, and 34% of those are, those people are elderly or disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, high risk population, particularly right now, is very timely um, and important to Eugene and I. Neither Eugene and I grew up in in wealthy households, um, so it's something that's really important to us. It's something that we're advocating for with our uh, our representatives and mm-hmm. through. There's a change to our uh, petition out there that we've signed on to um, change.org slash snap okay. online. Wait. Crap! I'll find, I'll find you later. <laughs> it's okay. We should connect on that too after the show because I'm, I'm interested yeah. to learn more about that as well. It's a great. I'd love, I'd love to share more about it. So sorry, I uh, a little bit off track there, but no, it's great. What are we doing? Uh, what are we doing next? So the, from a market perspective, it hasn't changed very much for us. There are um, people that have. So retailers are obviously getting crushed online. Um, they're not all that interested in encouraging more traffic um, to come to their sites right now. Uh, brands are still uh, advertising in smart ways, um, but maybe are delaying some of the some of the media that they were going to run otherwise till later on. But they're going to do it uh, later on in the year. Um, they in 2020 for us was still expect to be a year of significant growth for us. So we're in a, we're in a fortunate position that um, we're not as impacted as. As, as a lot of other companies are and, and people still are, and they always are gonna be buying food and groceries, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Do you wanna talk more about um, kind of the core capabilities that we're enabling, Eugene? Yeah, I mean, I'll just highlight one. I mean, like, I think at this moment, especially like, so, you know, uh, we started with what's our mission, which is to simplify grocery shopping. And that kind of continues to be our North Star, right? Like we wanna, how do we help that consumer simplify, you know, grocery shopping and it sounds kind of cliche because we all grocery shop like how complicated is it but if you actually think about how complicated that journey is it's it's you know from the discovery to the plan oh yeah to get it to bring it home to oops i forgot to buy ginger i gotta go back to like just, yeah. just whole Million, millions of fights between husbands and wife start every oh week God, over grocery right? shopping. all the time right and so yeah. You know, that continues to be our North Star. So what we've done uh, just actually earlier this year, so a couple of weeks ago, we just launched our shopping list experience, uh, which is oh. really which is really helping consumers, you know, manage the entire shopping list, right? Okay. So the recipes and the meal solutions that you find online are, are great. You know, they're a good component of it. There may be 20, 30% of it, but the rest of your basket, you know, how do we help them uh, with that part of it, uh, whether they shop in store or online. So you guys, are you trying to go uh, B2C then instead of just kind of the B2B play that you've always been playing? Or are you thinking there's an evolution there of taking the technology on the recipe side to list making and then multi-retailer fulfillment through? through- yeah, yeah, we kind of see it both ways. So we see okay. there's a B2B component and the B2C component. And honestly, like we think those two need to play together. Uh, so we think, you know, a lot of our brands, what they value is that, you know, we can, we can help them Shopify their solutions across, you know, this network of retailers. Uh, and frankly, building out the rest of your basket, 
for a consumer is enabling that as well. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we're trying to, so we've rolled out the shopping list and I think what we'll do for the balance of 2020 from a capabilities perspective is build more on-ramps and off-ramps for how to integrate kind of our current, our B2B products and our B2C products so that they're benefiting everybody. Got it. That makes, yeah. uh, Eugene, as you're thinking about the, the kind of B2C angle, we didn't really get into too much how and if you guys are working with content providers. So the people who are putting the pins on Pinterest, um, have you guys like gone into that very much at all? Are you getting, are you working directly with them or is it primarily through the brand's relationships with those content providers? Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. We actually work with some major food publishers. So we work with Meredith. Uh, which is actually based in Iowa, a little south of Minneapolis, but uh, they own platforms like All Recipes, uh, Martha Stewart, other you know large food brands. So, um, so we work a lot with them. We work a lot with Pinterest. We talked about that. We work with Yumly. So there is a bunch of uh, content creators and food publishers that we work with to enable to enable them uh, to both bring those capabilities to consumers, but also to monetize you know, their content better with, with, with brands, which is ultimately who they're selling to. Right, exactly. And, and you really, I think you see people, especially now, like we were talking about, given the, the current state of things, um, really leaning on their favorite content providers um, to be able to help them kind of come up with ideas or try new recipes. And so it seems like a really exciting time for brands to start getting involved um, and you guys actually, you, you had a post recently talking about how brands can kind of show up during this time. And I found it really insightful and I think helpful for a lot of brands as everybody's kind of struggling to figure out like, how do we market? How do we show up right now? Um, and one particular thing that you wrote in there was how you can help brands like be part of a bigger um, memory that's being created right now. It's not just about, you know, using the, the Casey masterpiece barbecue sauce. We'll go with that example still, but it's about the, the, the dinner that you had or the opportunity that you have right now to include some of these CPG products in, in the making of memories. Do you guys have any, any kind of comments or feelings about that or, or what inspired that writing? I mean, I, I think you're, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And I think like we, we, we always tell brands they need to be helpful. And I think in this, in this day and age, right, food is something that's, it's like one of these things, you know, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's your family, you know, so many people remember what their grandma made, you know, for holidays. Uh, so many people remember, you know, it's, it's just a great way to bond. Uh, I, for example, so I have two, two boys. They're not that little. They're nine and 11, although sometimes they act a little littler, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, for example, I was thinking, you know, we've had, we've had this opportunity to have lunch together. We never eat lunch together, right? They're at school, we're at work. Uh, suddenly you can come, you know, you can come together as a family a lot more. You can cook together. Uh, so it's absolutely you know, one of those moments that, that kind of cements, you know, your, you know, you're going to remember that years to come. And if there's a brand that's part of it, you're going to remember that brand, you know, I don't want to compare this to Disney. I don't think it's, I don't think it's on that scale, <laughs> but, but if you think about it, right, the, the way that business works, everybody remembers their experiences with Disney, whether it's at the park or in, 
you know, in a store uh, and they tell their kids about it. You know, food is the same way. We pass down food to our children, to our families. And so this is just a great opportunity, you know, for families to come together, but for brands to enable that and be helpful. Well, and to provide the convenience too, it sounds like. I mean, th- th- what yeah. you guys are doing is allowing yeah. them to have that brand experience. Um, and it may be, you know, not at their traditional store, but I think just having the ability to take that recipe and see, okay, you know, my Walmart store doesn't have it, but maybe the Kroger does down the street. Um, exactly. I think exactly. is, maybe is I have home? this, yeah. Maybe yeah. I have this in my pantry or what have you, right? So. And, they, and Eugene kind of pointed out too, there are that many, it's, it's, you need to be contextual, like at a time like now where there's a lot more actually instances of those experiences at home because you're having lunch too, breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, right. all together. There's a lot more opportunities. Um, and there's, it's a memory making opportunity and it's your chance to be helpful and show that you're helpful. So contextually speaking, you know, if you're used to, if folks are used to making one meal a day and now they got to make three well, they need some help like yeah. what are those other three going to be and what and quick is going to be really important right and yeah. easy is going to be important because you don't have you still got to work yeah um, you're right so the, car, the cognitive load just went up like you know right. like you know whatever the fact the factor of of three almost right like yeah. three times as much cognitive load that used to have on this process i think the thing that's interesting for me too and then we'll do how millennial are you guys i think which is why I love doing this show. You know, I've seen, we've looked at a lot of different recipe concepts, I think, but what I love about this one is it, it's a technology or a tool that fits inside a lot of different spots. Um, I like how you guys are thinking about that being to just kind of one, like just kind of narrow focus. I think you you hear narrow focus sometimes, but in this way, I think it's really beneficial in the sense of you can play in a lot of spaces and you can hit those moments in a lot of different ways because you just have the technology. That's a tool that sits in the background and that's what you want. So, so very cool, very interesting. Why well, I love doing the show, I get to learn something every time. But, but we cannot let you go without playing How Millennial Are You? So, Anne, are you ready? I'm ready. Eugene, Jim, are you guys ready? We're ready. Ready. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think you guys are just fine. All right. Uh, first question is, when the option is available... Um, and you're going into a store, so let's take this during a, a more uh, normal time. Are you using mobile payment, or are you pulling out credit card or cash? Jim, we'll start with you. Uh, mobile payments every time that it's available for me. What kind? Are you Apple Pay? Or... I use Apple Pay right now, yeah. Okay. Eugene, what about you? Uh, I've got Google Pay. I'm the, I'm the only Android user on our team, but uh, yeah. If I can tap the phone for sure. I love I kind that. of have a feeling Jim's using his watch if he's got a watch, but I don't know. Is that right? Am I, am I making a good guess? No? No, no I got a Garmin. I, yeah. Okay. All right. But I'm okay. not using Garmin Pay. Yeah. He's okay. a climber, Chris. We, That's right. He's a climber. Durable, yeah. durable <laughs> gear. Equipment. Yeah. What am I thinking? Apple yeah, watches. Yeah. No way. That's right. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number two. How many times in the last week, this will be interesting also given the current climate, uh, have you ordered food or drinks from an app? Uh, Eugene, let's start with you this time. Uh, I just, I did it once uh, for noodles uh, through DoorDash. Okay. Uh, so, Is that pretty typical of a week for you or would you be doing no, that? I am more of a, like, just like with grocery shopping, it's ironic that, you know, we're, you know, we, we, we enable online. I still kind of prefer to grocery shop in store. I'm the odd one on, on our team in that regard too. I still love the touch and feel and the sense and 
why I always think we need to build solutions that cross both because sometimes you're busy and you need it delivered and sometimes you're not and you want to go and pick it up yourself. Uh, so I'm, I'm not as much of a delivery person, maybe also because I live in a pretty, you know, suburban area. It's just not as, uh, not as easy out here. So. Okay. Okay. And, Jim. And just, I got I got one follow up question. Sorry. Just noodles? Like what, any type of noodles? Or are we just oh, talking no, like uh, noodles, the restaurant? Uh, oh, noodles, the noodles. restaurant. Okay. Got it. I should have put two and yeah. two together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't ask me what I got. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. But Kim got I, mean, I just ordered some plain ramen. I was trying to figure out where that was going. But. No, no. Ramen would have been good. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jim, what about you? How many times this last week have you ordered food or drinks from an app? Uh, probably four times. Um, like through, through shipped, and then we will order online through a lot of local restaurants. So trying okay. to support some local restaurants. So nice. We'll uh, try to keep them in business. So the places that are still open, usually you're ordering online and then picking it up there. Um, in those cases, a place a couple of blocks from me. So we order from there probably twice or three times a week. And then, and then a few other places. And we ordered Chipotle, I think last week. Nice. Unwanted it. Yeah. That's uh, is that pretty typical for you guys? Or is this a little more than normal? Uh, it's more than normal for us as a family. Okay. Uh, like when we're at work, I would say when we're at uh, normal days at work, yeah everybody's like where are we going to order from on ritual or another app and in the rewards program or whatever we do a lot of that stuff at work ritual i haven't heard of that one before Love they're to. like uh well you know <laughs> <laughs> order and pick up their pickup their pickup more than they are delivery okay yeah, yeah. cool okay, we'll have to check that out we'll uh, check it out uh, okay last question if you could only use one social app which app would it be and why jim why don't you take uh, it? it's twitter for me for sure okay we haven't heard that I, in a while. Uh, okay i'm very interested in the like information gathering so what i do in twitter is if i'm following you in twitter it's because you are an information curation source and so I love seeing what people think is interesting enough to repost on Twitter. And then I'll follow those into the rabbit hole of, nice. of other information that's available. So I, I really like Twitter for that reason. Okay. Eugene, what about you? I'm, I'm the same. I'm a big Twitter user, uh, like too much. And, and this day and age, I got to put it away because it, it almost gets kind of, you know, you get down a rabbit hole. Um, but I have been, uh, installed TikTok the other day and I can totally see how it's addicting. I mean, you just keep swiping up and it's just like another 10 seconds of content and soon you just lose yourself. You know, I can think, I totally understand how people spend hours on that. So. Eugene, I, I want to see your Drake slide dance. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I imagine with two boys ages nine and 11 that you're doing pretty well at that these days. So you don't, maybe you for don't our next one. Dance, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well i think they did pretty well chris i have to say i mean the like for sure for the first one you know mo they're they're the first people we've talked to that without a a, a beat they yeah, are no both question. going to mobile payment which yeah. i mean i think that's as millennial as you can get so yeah. i would say well done eugene and jim yeah. past how millennial are you I, I think they did i think they did pretty well it's good to hear tiktok too mrs omni talk downloaded tiktok last night before she went to bed i haven't i haven't conversed with her yet on just how much time she lost in the medium but i will after this you just reminded me to do that but uh 
But that was awesome. Good job, you guys. So if people are listening to this and or maybe even watching it, seeing it on social media, um, and they're saying, hey, this is an interesting concept. I'm a brand or I'm a retailer and I want to learn more or even a content producer. Uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you guys, uh, Eugene? Yeah, uh, the best way is probably our website. So it's basketful1l.co. Uh, so. Oh, awesome. Okay, basketful.co. Okay, great. Um, and it sounds like you can also for sure uh, find Jim on Twitter too, if you want to as well, if you're interested in reaching out to him there. So, well, hey, you guys, thanks so much. Thanks for uh, you know sitting with us this morning. Always great to talk to local Minnesota companies too. Um, it's just a ton of fun. Um, hope you guys are staying safe and well with everything going on too. But again, it was Eugene Bird and Jim Lesh, the co-founders of Basketball. On behalf of Ann, on behalf of them, I say it every week. Now it's more important than ever. Be careful out there.